Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. Spy balloons, weather balloons, unidentified objects shot out of the sky by the federal government. Seems odd that the government really hasn't explained what they shot down. We wanted to get on an expert to see if any of these could possibly be UFOs. Our guest is an astrophysicist and UFO expert. He is one of the main speakers at the upcoming Alien Con. It is Dr. Travis Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So you've been doing this for 35 years. What exactly have you been studying? I've studied across the the genre of all things defense, intelligence, and space. Designed spacecraft, space experiments. I've uh, designed directed energy weapon systems, missile systems. Uh, you name it, I've worked on it. And uh, uh, so that's that's kind of what my career's been like. Lisa, have we ever had an astrophysicist on the show? No, and I'm just listening to the things that you've worked on. And it's mind-bogglingly interesting and impressive. And yet, as an as a layperson, I just think I didn't even know that a cool job like this could exist. Uh, sometimes you have to make the job you want. <laughs> yes, true, a hundred percent. Well, um, Doctor, early February, the Air Force shot down a Chinese spy balloon over the coast of South Carolina. President Biden made that order. Debris from the wreckage was recovered and sent to an FBI laboratory. Have you heard anything about the debris? Uh, you know, what I, what I can uh, talk about is what's been publicly released, and uh, that that's the only thing. What I can tell you is that I'm fairly convinced, uh, and this is my opinion, uh, not any official opinion of anybody but me, uh, that uh, this was a, uh, a Chinese espionage or international uh, espionage right. balloon, uh, and it had a particular mission in mind to to do things with the various equipment. Uh, now, the others that were shot down, I don't think that uh, we have enough information on what they were. They could have been experimental balloons. They could have been weather balloons. They could have been hobby balloons. But uh, I don't think that really is pertinent to the UAP uh, aspect. Uh, I don't think we ever thought they were. Maybe very initially we didn't know what they were because you know you had the two-star general from NORAD say we can't rule out extraterrestrials at this time. Right. Uh, you know, think about how amazing that is that we have a general saying that. Right. right. Well, they shot down four more in three days. So you don't think any of those were UFOs? No, I'm, I'm fairly convinced they were not. And, I'm, and I have a suspicion that this was uh, sort of a political grandstanding to say, hey, look, yo. We, we didn't shoot this one down for so long, and all of our uh, uh, constituents were upset about it, so we're going to shoot down a bunch more and show you we can. And I, and I think that's what a lot of it was. i tell you what I hope it's not, Yeah. and I'm real concerned about this, Okay. that this is an attempt to, to put back the genie into the bottle of the UAP UFO phenomena and say, oh, look, it was all balloons all this time, and now we can see there's balloons everywhere, and they're not really any UFOs, which we know is nonsense. The data that we have seen come out recently in the last couple of years tells us that that's absolutely not the case. How many claims of UFOs that you investigate actually are phenomenon that you feel are valid, that you can't describe? It really is unidentified and something legit and not just somebody claiming like Bigfoot's in the air with a paraglider. Yeah, well, I can tell you that from uh, 2019 to 2022, while I was the uh, chief scientist of the UAP task force uh, for the Department of Defense, 
that uh, we looked into 144 cases and we, we chose those 144 cases because they were specifically in military zones and the witnesses and, and instruments and data were from military equipment. And because that, that had high confidence of being able to get to the bottom of where it came from. We knew somebody hadn't been messing around with the data and, and we knew it was protected. And of those 144 cases, we were only able to determine what one of them actually was. Wow. So there were 143 that uh, showed capabilities that seemed to be outside of anything that uh, looked like an aircraft or something conventional. So what are some of these capabilities? Because I always hear that or read that like, oh, it has capabilities. Are we talking about flying in directions that are not possible? Uh, speed, light changes? Yeah, so there's a, a, a little bit of all of that. One thing uh, that's a telltale sign is there are no uh, exhaust being uh, emanated from these uh, objects. And, you know, all of the aircraft and spacecraft known to man uh, actually have to fly with the Newton's third law. They have to throw mass out the back of it so it goes <laughs> right. the other way, right? And we see no exhaust, no mass being thrown out the the, the rear of these things. And they, so they appear to be propellantless. That's the first thing, the first big clue. And then a lot of them will set dead steel in high winds. We have no aircraft that can do that. Balloons can't do that either, by the way. No. And we also see them make maneuvers into the the high winds at, at G rates that would rip the wings off or kill the pilots. So that's certainly something else that we can't do. So those are the kinds of things we look for. We're talking with uh, astrophysicist and UFO expert, Dr. Travis Taylor. Have you ever had a wow moment where someone calls something in or you get a report and you say, oh, my God, wow. Well, my my personal wow moments are, uh, you know, I've spent the last four years, four summers out at the uh, Skinwalker Ranch in Utah and have oh. seen uh, objects and things that uh, we've captured with different sensors and videos. And I can't explain them at all. And I sit there with my my draw jopped and saying, wow, look at that. Most of the time I say, what the crap? <laughs> that ranch is something else. All of the things going on there, from the energy underground to the animals dying to the things in the sky, it is a whole lot going on. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre uh, phenomena conglomeration all in one one location. And uh, it's what well, we like to say it's an active laboratory to look for these uh, phenomena and try to find answer, uh, you know, of, of what it is. Well, how do you explain that area? I, there is no explanation. I have no explanation <laughs> at all. all I know is You're the crazy, astrophysicist. Right? you got to have some type of explanation. You just don't. No. What I have is data we've measured, and we know that certain things happen, but we, we can only speculate as to what the cause is at this point. We don't have enough data to give us any idea. You can speculate it's a... You know, it's a, it's a wormhole opening up the portal or somewhere, a, a spacecraft flying through with warp drive, uh, some, you know, crashed ancient alien spacecraft in the in the Mesa. But all those are pure speculation and no scientific way to prove it. And I like to stay with the hard science of, OK, when we see them, we measure this. When we see them, uh, this happens. You okay. know, that's what we have to do. Between the 1950s, which seemed to be the first huge rush of people interested in UFOs, um, and now, what are the advancements in technology that make your ability to study these things so much more influential? Yeah, well, uh, actually, there's been many, many waves of uh, UFO sightings all the way back into, you know, 4,000, 4,500 years ago. 
and and throughout time and there's been you know even in the 1500s there was a newspaper drawing of a of things flying over Nuremberg but uh, uh, the 50s you're right there was a big wave uh, and then now suddenly there seems to be uh, again it could be what we call sensor bias. Now, everybody walking around has a high-definition camera and sensor in their pocket. Yes. And uh, that wasn't available in 1950. Mm-hmm. And so now we have plenty of sensors. They could have always been here, and now we just have more sensors to detect them and find them. We also have weather radars covering the globe that we didn't have. We have spy satellites and, and, and private commercial satellites that everybody can get imagery from. Right. So there's a whole uh, new technology available to everybody to look for things. And so I think maybe that's why people are seeing more of them now than we we tend to do in 1950. But these changes are also making it easier for you to study these phenomenon, correct? Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things I say about uh, Skinwalker Ranch when uh, Bigelow uh, and their team owned it back in the 90s, early 2000s, uh, the technology then uh, that w- wasn't available that we have today. Uh, and in fact, they, I, I talked to one of the scientists, they wanted to get an object, a particular piece of equipment that was going to cost about a quarter of a million dollars for them to get and put on the ranch. And we're, we can buy them for $50 now. And we've bought many of them and have them all over the place. Wow. So that's just, you know, technology has made things easier. How did Skinwalker Ranch get the name? Uh, there, there is a, uh, a, a curse that was put on them by one uh, native tribe to the other uh, during a war that they were having with each other, one of the tribes was stealing the others, women and children. And so they put this, the one tribe put a curse up and a skinwalker was supposed to be a protector. And uh, the other tribe sees it as a, as a evil shape-shifting demon kind of thing. And so that's where Jeez, it came from. Wow, that's heavy right there. The New York Times had an article that said many UFO reports are just spy drones or airborne trash. Is that true? Well, that's a personal insult that, you know, I've got 20-something years of advanced college education and 30-something years studying defense systems and intelligence community mm-hmm. uh, capabilities. And, 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 and for us to say, uh, or for them to say, oh, well, these people that looked into this and had data that they didn't have, by the way, they don't see the classified radar data and imagery data and all that. For them to say that we're idiots and can't tell the difference between a balloon and trash mm-hmm. and some kind of object that uh, is standing out in the systems, well, that's just someone with an agenda trying to shove this back into yep. you know, the rear end of the horse. Do you think that governments, um, not necessarily the United States, but across the world, do like to keep this information under tight wraps for fear of causing panic in populations or over-speculation? Uh, that could be possibly uh, part of it. My take on it would be that uh, Robert Heinlein, one of my favorite science fiction writers, is famous for saying a secret weapon must be just that, a secret. And so if you had a uh, magic technology that you thought you might one day be able to reverse engineer that would give you an upper hand, then you certainly wouldn't want the rest of the world to know you had that. And so that would be, I think, the motivation for extreme secrecy around it. But there's some aspects of it. You know, if, for example, I don't I'm not saying I know anything about alien abductions or anything like that, but if that turned out to be real, that creatures were coming into people's homes at night and, and kidnapping them and doing experiments on them, I think the general public needs to know that so they can prepare some sort of safety uh, precautions or defense right. mechanisms. 
I married a girl from northern Wisconsin, and when I'm up in the great north woods, I want to say about seven years ago, I saw something and I said to myself, ah, it's nothing. But when you're out there and you're looking up at the sky, you see weird things. Has anyone ever seen in this group, Lisa, doctor, have you ever seen a UFO? Oh, I've, I've at Skinwalker Ranch. I've watched them uh, fly across the sky, hover, and we've we've studied them with scientific instruments in great detail, and know that they're objects that are not standard spacecraft, balloons, or aircraft, or whatever. And so, I've actually had many times where I've witnessed them and measured them with scientific instruments. Is it still exhilarating, even though you've seen them multiple times? Is each every single just time amazing? <laughs> every single time. Man, I get chills when you talk and about it's scary. that. <laughs> wow, the Skywalker Ranch. Uh, Dr. Travis Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time. It was great. Hey, thank you. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. 